we met uh, last time in March. Uh, today we're meeting virtually by, last time was phone as lockdown was about to happen. Today it's via Zoom because we're still well distanced. Yeah, and we couldn't be the exceptions and not get in, in on the Zoom thing, David. We yes, exactly. The March uh, podcast basically focused on, uh, the. it looked at RHI uh, and the some of the points that came out of RHI but more in the context of the health discussion, which at that time was the, the, the virus issue was becoming greater. Um, but we were looking obviously at uh, the difficulties in terms of health reform, which we felt were going to be even more essential, uh, whatever happens in the next months. So I think that's now become even greater in that you know, we know that the waiting lists are only going to increase after this uh, this period of lockdown and, and confinement? Yes, the waiting lists are going to be massive because basically outpatient clinics, um, elective surgery and all of this kind of thing ground practically to a halt over the over the, the, the months that the crisis has been unfolding. So you can only imagine how much worse this yeah. is going to make things in a province that was already struggling. Yeah, and that makes reform all the more important as we, we come out the other side, um, which does then take us to the, our February podcast, which was looking at, you know, once Stormont was back up and running, uh, the fact that they were due to produce a budget by, well, depending on where you read in that rather hasty document by uh, that was released by the NIO, uh, either a March date for a budget or or a, a full programme for government by the end of April. We, we thought it was ambitious at the time, um, but the fact is we still haven't got a budget. And the worrying thing about that is that we haven't now had a budget for Northern Ireland since 2016. Uh, and that you know, whilst there's lots of money being spent at the moment, uh, and, and undoubtedly there's been a lot of money uh, passed from, from London to Stormont, um, the bigger issue is that we don't have a baseline to know how much of that spend is additional or whether some of that spend is actually eating in to regular, uh, our, our, our regular budget. Yeah, in, in the normal course of events, you could give the executive a bye-ball on this one and say that things have, have uh, taken such a serious turn that you can understand why other things are being neglected. But in terms of the budget um, for Northern Ireland, this absolutely has to be their priority as we come out of this because we have been spending extra money and, and, and rightly so, but we don't really know what uh, this baseline is. And it's been so long since we've had a, a, a budget that that becomes even more, uh, even more serious. And you do wonder uh, how that process is going to go in the next few months uh, in, in terms of some of the, the, the differences of views that we've seen within the executive. Well, I think, I think that comes down to priorities, doesn't it? Because I think we're, we have to worry that, you know, some of those things that you might, that, that one or other might regard as hobby projects, you know, really against the, the, the real crisis that will continue in health, uh, we are going to have to see how, you know, some of those hobby projects simply uh, sit to one side. I mean, you know, what, what are the priorities of, of the executive going to be going forward and that has to be the economy education because we're going to have a, a reasonable amount of, of um, catch-up to do in our schools um, so you know the schools health and and uh, basically 
the economy are going to be the three big priorities. And I think outside of that, we're going to have to question how much can be spent elsewhere. Well, the way that the assembly has worked in Northern Ireland, in, insofar as it's worked at all, um, is it's taken money from Westminster, tried to get as much money as it could from Westminster, and then divided it up to fund kind of community projects, to, 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 to hobby horse projects and populist announcements and obviously there's a certain churn of money keeping essential services going as well but uh, we've not made any uh, essential reforms to those services for many years so you know how can we persist in this way coming out of a crisis like that with this attitude to um, Westminster's money that we try and get as much in as possible and divide it up between two communities it's not going to work like that we need a focus on schools, hospitals, and all of the essential things that make up a society, not um, the uh, pet projects of Sinn Féin and the, or the DUP, indeed. To some extent. I mean, I think it comes back to how much money was there and, and, and whatever, but it, it has to, you have to have a clearer sense of priority. I think the, the, the rather vague and aspirational uh, program for governments that came out previously. Uh, I think we have to certainly see an ability to deep dive into certain areas and see what's really going to happen uh, over a period of two to five years, maybe, or two to three years. And I think that reform of the health service is going to have to take a fundamental priority in that. Yes, and that means taking very difficult decisions like closing acute hospitals, like moving resources from hospitals out to the community. And that for even for responsible, serious politicians, that's a difficult area to um, to work out how our people are, are going to do it. I, I'm very skeptical. Well, I think that, that comes back to the, the conduct of, of, of the executive in this crisis in the it seems to have dithered uh, very often, and Sinn Féin seems to have gone off on its own little world every now and then, or delayed just to make itself look as if it's not doing what Westminster was doing when six, seven days later it ends up doing exactly what Westminster's doing. I mean, it, it, it seems incapable of actually just accepting that this is the real world. Let's get on with it and let's do what's necessary for everyone. Well, it's a lack of, um, as, as in, in everything at Stormont, again, it's a lack of responsibility because Westminster has the task now of getting the economy going again. And ultimately, um, the buck will stop with it. In Northern Ireland, I don't think that you're going to see that type of uh, responsibility exercised by the parties because there's always somebody else to blame. There's always the Treasury to blame for not giving enough money. There's uh, the the other um, ministers and the executive. The buck never stops with uh, the, the the politicians um, themselves. So can we um, can we get out of this uh, in an orderly fashion? Well, I mean we have to, but will the leadership be there? I, I'm exceptionally doubtful. Yeah, and I, I think do, one of the one of the amusing points during past few weeks was was Leo Bradker's takedown of Mary Lou in the in the Doyle uh, where he quite simply said you you are in charge and you can't blame the Tories because they're funding uh, what is 
essentially the crisis. So, you know, you need to get get real. Mary Lou or Sinn Féin needs yeah. to basically get real about the real world. Um, and, you know, Sinn Féin look like they're going to be ending up in, in the official opposition role in the, in the South. But there are some big decisions going to have to be made in the South as well. I mean, they, they, the fund that the Germans and the French announced last night, or yesterday, um, they have some big challenges uh, for the South if, if that were, were to be adopted. I think, I think the, the two things that I picked out of it was the talk of digital tax, um, a, a universal digital tax across uh, the EU, which obviously would hit uh, the investments coming into Ireland from the big, particularly the big American tax. Uh, and then the other aspect was tucked away at the very end of their bullet points, which was uh, an agreed common corporate tax level. So, you know, there's a big deficit in the South. They've got big issues coming down the line. I understand this week coalition talks are very much around out. how are they going to be able to afford coming out of this virus? And that's a sort of grown up adult discussion in inside a coalition um, uh, uh, negotiation, as it were, uh, at the moment, that, that we don't see, I think, from, from uh, our northern parties, and particularly Sinn Féin. I think opposition will suit Sinn Féin very well. I have seen nothing that suggests that Sinn Féin is particularly adapted to being in government. Yeah, well, the difficulties that you're describing down south will be a perfect um, breeding ground in a way for populism and Sinn Féin will want to um, exploit that but in Northern Ireland they are supposed to be part of the power sharing yeah. executive albeit that they take a very sort of nominal attitude towards accepting um, collective responsibility in, in, in that institution but they are actually supposed to be part of forming policy and part of accepting responsibility for it. So which will bring us back to going forward, can they can will they be an impediment in making the big decisions that are going to be needed in health? I mean that's that's the big thing, particularly if that is going to impact on their ability to spend on hobby stuff. Yeah. Well let's remember <laughs> maybe this is a little boring, but I keep harking back to it, the fact that Michelle O'Neill was the health minister um, a few years ago. And, you know, we, we had a concrete set of um, proposals to, to reform the health service in terms of the Donaldson report. And for some reason, we had to take that um, and get it reinforced in Bengoa, just in a, yeah. slightly, more, a slightly vaguer way. So, you yeah. know, but just before this crisis um, blew up, uh, I noticed uh, Michelle Gildernew um, attacking the idea that the uh, services had to be centralised. So, you know, how do we get anywhere? Every we, We've known this for years. There's yeah. not an expert disagrees with the direction of travel, but it's still unacceptable to the type of um, the type of extreme nationalist populist that we should see in Sinn Féin. So how, how do we get past this? This roadblock while they're in a mandatory coalition, it's it's just difficult to see yeah. a way of progressing past that. Well, something's going to have to alter or budge at some point. Um, so I think we'll just have to wait and see what comes down the line. It's been a useful catch up, and maybe we'll do yes. this again next month and see if we've if we've got any closer to understanding what's going to be happening yeah. next. Well, maybe we can meet in a drive-through cinema or something. Like that. <laughs> 
perhaps. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks.